welcome back to Starting From The Pits. I am your host, Charlotte, and I am joined by a very special guest today. I'm joined by Michaela, also known as She Loves Formula One, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on. The pleasure is all mine, and happy Valentine's Day and Ferrari yes. Shakedown and, and Livery Revealed It. <laughs> what do you think of it? Let's Let's go straight into that. Um, I mean, I am very, very biased, but I think it looks great. <laughs> Same here. It, I'm a Ferrari girl through and through. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it looks fantastic. I just hope that it is as fast and reliable as it looks. So yeah. we are all anxiously awaiting the Charlotte Leclerc emojis so we can make, <laughs> place our bets for the, for the season. <laughs> completely with you on that one so let's start at the very beginning formula one how did you get into the racing um I got into racing not into formula one but I'm American obviously so I grew up watching IndyCar and NASCAR because of my dad so I really just remember it being on literally all of the time and going to racetracks and things like that here in America Mm-hmm. Um, but this was well, well before Drive to Survive and TikTok and social media. So there was really wasn't the fan base or even the races here that we have now in America. And I actually found it through, I went on a first date with a Brazilian guy oh, nice. um, and, he, and he took me to see the Senna documentary in theaters, oh, not, nice. to, not to age myself, but... Um, and I remember we both were crying at the movie theater, which is not a normal thing to do on a first date. And I think with my already affinity towards racing um, and this really incredible film about the life and the legacy of Senna, mm. um, Ayrton Senna, um, I just uh, quickly was like, I need to know more about this sport. And like most people, I became very obsessed with it immediately. And then I went to my first race here which was the first race at Coda in 2012 and then you know I've just been awesome obsessed from with that. it yeah as the as the name says she loves F1 she really does love <laughs> she F1. truly does <laughs> let's talk about the birth of she loves F1 how did that come about it happened in it gosh it feels like time flies when you're having fun or when you're <laughs> making silly thirsty videos on the internet um when I went to <laughs> I know I have a big one right here. Love Stay that. hydrated. <laughs> when I went to the um, Grand Prix at the Circuit of the Americas in in 2021, that was the first time post Drive to Survive mm. TikTok explosion that had happened here in America and the United States, and it was just so much different than it had ever been before, in a, in a really great way and in a really not great way um the great way see I saw more women there than I had ever seen before and generally just way more people there than ever before um which was really really exciting but like many women in this space from the moment that I got off the airplane until the moment I would (laughs) back home I was met with the oh you don't know anything about this sport you're just here because you think the drivers are hot which I mean, I have eyes, but I yeah. also love the sport. And I think people can enjoy sports, whether it's motorsport or a different series for a variety of reasons. And we can be multi-dimensional individuals. And I just thought it was really ironic because I probably knew way more about the yeah. sport than they did, but they just made a split second judgment. And it was only until I could, you know, recite 
all of these statistics and facts to sort of prove my worth as a female yeah. fan. And that really bothered me that I had to do that because I, you know, I would notice that the same conversations weren't really happening with other people. And I, I was so frustrated by that, that I just wanted to create a space on the internet where it was really, um, sort of messaging for girls without judgment. So for whatever reason you watch or why you're watched, you're welcome here. You're not going to be judged or ridiculed or shamed and something a little bit more fun and lighthearted because at the time it was, um, not as many content creators, I would say, like having fun with the sport, you know, it was more of the serious traditional media messaging, which I think there obviously is a place for that. And we love that. And we enjoy that. But now I think we're starting to see so many content creators and so many different accounts coming from different lenses and different backgrounds and different perspectives. And I think that's what makes sports so fun because that's how you find your community. And when you really lean into that, you're able to find people like for me, for example, I I never knew that there was going to be people who love talking about astrology and formula one as, as much as the astrology as, gang is here as I do. And I think that's so incredible that you're able to find people who have those really niche interests and yeah. connect with them all over the world. So Um, Thanks to that faded weekend that was so different and frustrating and exciting. I just clicked upload on TikTok and I really just did not expect anything to come of it. I really honestly thought that it was going to be a way for me just to get all of my F1 thoughts out because I was driving my friends and family insane (laughs) for so long, just talking about this sport that they didn't really know or care about. And I was like, okay, well, I can just make a stupid TikTok on, you know, what kind of dog I think F1 drivers would be. I think that was one of my first videos. I think Um, people like that authenticity though about you. It's very much off the kind of like off the cuff People have those thoughts as well. They just don't quite put it out there. And you just sort of give us that platform to like, oh, we are we are actually all thinking the same thing here. <laughs> well, I think it just, whether they think it or they don't think it, I think, I hope that it inspires people to be authentically themselves, whatever that Definitely. is, whether it's, you know, them wanting to talk about statistics or make connections or talk about the news or talk about thirst traps or talk about the shakedowns today. I mean, there's so many different ways. And I think when content creators are really genuinely themselves and they lean into what makes them special and what makes them interested and passionate, that's really where, especially in the age of TikTok and with this new Mm. sort of approach to social media, I think it's that those are the people who I think are going to be the most successful are the ones that really just embrace whatever makes them them. And and people are just attracted to that natural excitement and passion whatever that looks like. Yeah. So you obviously speak about leaning into being authentically you and that obviously comes with Thirsty Thursday. Can't not talk about Thirsty Thursday. This is so iconic. Obviously you've got Bottas involved with this as well. How did you get him involved in that? Because that was amazing. I have to say, I think I was as surprised, if not more surprised as everyone else that he actually did it. (laughs) Um, but I remember he was doing videos for charity and I was like, I might as well just reach out and and see if he'll do this for a good cause. Um, and so I fully, fully expected just to get a no answer, if not from him, but definitely from his PR person. Um, but then when I got the video and he not only had, you know, the really nice and iconic (laughs) 
welcome back to Thirsty Thursday. Let's yeah. find out who made the VP one this week. And then his little giggle at the end is truly chef's kiss. It is the best. <laughs> but he sent this like over a minute long video, oh, which wow. was really nice. And he was, you know, thanking me for being a fan of his. Um, and he was talking about cycling because um, we oh. know that he loves that. Oh, yeah. And it was just a really lovely video. And I think it just speaks volumes uh, about him. I mean, I liked him before he did that, but I, my respect and my admiration yeah. for him uh, just grew completely. And I think it was just for a, an F1 driver to actually be involved in something so um, unexpected, let's say, yeah. and I would say a bit taboo at the time. Um, Definitely. And I would say it still is. There's a lot of people who don't like it and that's okay. It's just not yeah. meant for them. But for a Formula One driver to embrace it and then later on for Pato and, and IndyCar to embrace it as well, I think it's mm -hmm. just proof that there are so many different people with different perspectives that belong here and no yeah. way is is right or wrong as long as you're respectful of everyone in the space and the drivers and, and other content creators and just fans themselves. So hopefully it's just a little fun, lighthearted, um, different kind of competition off the track, let's say. And I will say, I mean, that Formula One drivers have really upped their social media game. Which yes, they have. It's great for everyone involved, minus maybe, <laughs> you know, all of their, the people on their PR and, and marketing. <laughs> teams because they're just working like crazy so hats off to them for all that they do and the, the photographers and videographers but yeah. it's so wild to think of where we used to be in terms of social media and you know I just remember like Lewis Hamilton and stuff that he used to post on Twitter and now he doesn't yeah. do that anymore because he got bullied so badly and yeah. I and I hope that we get to a place where it's just a lot more accepting and having a lot of fun and at the end of the day Formula One drivers are incredible athletes and we admire them so much but they're also people and yeah. I, I hope that we can can celebrate that they're able to be both yeah and obviously you've sort of been riding this wave of popularity with social media and Formula One as it grows. How have you found that landscape changing and where do you sort of see it going from here? That's an interesting question. I mean, it's, for me, I'm just riding the wave for <laughs> yeah. as long as I can. I mean, at the end of the day, I think I'm I'm a fan first and foremost. I, I love motorsport. It make, I'm super, super passionate. I find it so interesting, the technology. It's just so ever-changing and so interesting and the social media landscape has really added a, a very interesting nuance to it because yeah. now you have this flooding of instant opinions and instant gratification and people expecting certain things and um where does it go from here who knows <laughs> i think we're going to see a lot more and we started seeing this last season a lot more of like the um driver friendships and relationships yeah. kind of intersecting, which I find so interesting because at the end of the day, they're all super competitive and they yeah. aren't all the best of friends, but we live in this interesting social media world where you kind of have to pretend to be. So yeah. I think, for example, I think Alex Albon just posted one of the funniest TikToks today of him and Logan Sargent. You raised me like you lift me up and he's like <laughs> and he called him logie bear oh love that. 
And I think stuff like that is just so fun. It's it's yeah. for them to show a different side of their personality and engage with people online. I mean, he's done a great job with it. Fernando Alonso has mm-hmm. been all over it. Unworldly. <laughs> I think we have to thank Jimmy for that at Aston Martin. And so hopefully we just see more uh, drivers engaging that way. Uh, Pierre Gasly got on TikTok, which mm-hmm. is so fun. So we'll see um, what them and their... PR and marketing and communications teams have up their sleeve in terms of keeping us satiated from yeah. a, from a content perspective. And on top of that, they, you know, have to drive in a very yeah. um now crowded calendar, let's say, and yeah, have definitely. the finest of margins. So I don't know how they do it with all of the judgment that happens online. Mm-hmm. I have so much respect for them because even as a content creator, we just get sometimes really hurtful, awful comments and days where you're just like why am I doing this and then you think of what Formula One drivers or other notable figures in the series receive all the time and it's it's mind-blowing how they're able to kind of separate all of the external noise and just stay focused on their goals and I also think it's quite interesting the fact that Drive to Survive very much portrays the drivers in this serious rah-rah-rah kind of mindset whereas then you actually go on the socials and it's just like completely the opposite they're like these wholesome little human beings and it's like "Mm, it's not quite giving I know I know it's so interesting right because the media can portray someone a a certain kind of way and that can absolutely have zero resemblance to what they actually are in real life and the the even you know interesting dynamic is how someone is on track is not necessarily their personality off off the track. Like Max Verstappen, a great example of that on track. We know him to be, you know, very unforgiving, very, you know, relentless. And then off track, I mean, he's so funny. He's like this teddy bear who loves joking (laughs) around and loves making people laugh. Um, and I think he can be both people at the same time. So the, the media definitely plays a role in sort of typecasting what certain people are like. And, and I find that sad sometimes because yeah. what, what is the effect on them personally, if that isn't necessarily true of what they are like in real life and they just kind of have to ignore what people are saying and just yeah. kind of, you know, let it slide off their back and again that just makes me have so much respect for them because when you have so many people watching you and talking about you and having opinions about you and on top of that you have a extremely stressful job um and and so many people having opinions about it and all of the meetings that we don't see and all of the things that they have to do on the side it's just so overwhelming to think about um and then you know, you just have social media added into that. And it's like this big yeah. ecosystem of things that are that are happening right now. Yeah. It's um, mad though, because for them, it's just like second nature, isn't it? They just sort of, they grow up with it, I guess, don't they? And it's like, if like somebody like us, for example, like you, you've just sort of been thrown into this sort of world of craziness, people with so many opinions. And it's like, you get hit by that all of a sudden and it feels 10 times worse than what they'll think it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, I find it interesting, like the more that they've talked about mental health, like George mm. Russell has been really great about that. Lando Norris has talked about it. And I, I think a lot of other people too, that are probably skipping my mind. Um, and they just seem so strong and with it. And then for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sensitive. <laughs> like this could really derail my day or ruin my <laughs> yeah. day. Um, 
and and that again it's just it's so weird thinking about what they experience on such a broader scale mm. and this is like for all athletes and all celebrities and the people in the public eye and I know people argue that that's just kind of something that you have to ex- expect when you're in the yeah. public eye which is true but that doesn't make it any less fun or easy to deal with and it certainly doesn't make it okay right but it kind of is what it is I think the longer that you are let's say a content creator or someone that puts your your face or your opinions Mm -hmm. online the more that you get I don't want to say you get used to it because it's not something that you ever get used to but you just kind of are less surprised by it you should get off a little bit easier yeah, it just becomes a little bit more of a norm, which is un- unfortunate. But I will say that the positives far outweigh the negatives. And I think mm-hmm. this community, there are so many, especially like the women in this community that yeah. I can really speak to are just so supportive, so wonderful, so encouraging and creative. And I'm constantly in inspired by other content creators or influencers in this space and it's nice that it just continues to grow and you have this camaraderie of people that you can kind of lean on yeah um, and be inspired by in in terms of all the different content that they want to make that can be completely different from the content that you're making but we all have our own little corners of the internet and for the most part I find that the women are really supportive and kind and encouraging not to say that the men aren't there's definitely (laughs) they are but I think that the fangirl community here in motorsport has been really awesome to see kind of rise and 2024 is the year of the fangirls like we're I agree just getting started it's exciting wholeheartedly agree with that (laughs) so you've been to quite a few races now and you mentioned obviously it's Galentine's. Let's talk a bit about the girls that you are good friends with. Who are sort of your support group when you go for races? The group of people that you aim for. Oh my god, there's so many. I don't <laughs> want to like not name people and like have them have them be upset with me because there's honestly so many, and I feel like I meet new people at every yeah, single race that I that I go to, um, and and can become instant friends with, whether they're people who are working on the team side or the series size or just other content creators. Mm -hmm. Um, And they really just have been so welcoming and so nice and so supportive. And I think everyone's just so excited to see women because there was a time not very long ago where you really were like one of if not the only girl around and that can be really uncomfortable in a very male dominated environment for a lot of different reasons um, most of which are not really fun (laughs) or enjoyable and I think just to be especially when you're on track which is literally my favorite place in the world (laughs) there is nothing like being at a race the sights the sounds the smells it's just the absolute best. And then just to be surrounded by women who are equally as hyped up to be there as you are and like wanting to make videos and wanting to take pictures and wanting to go out to dinner afterwards or, and then, or just like talking to each other online. It's so nice with all of, all of like Twitch and discord and all of the ways that we can connect with each other online right now. I just feel so lucky to be in this new era of, (laughs) fandom especially in the motorsport space where it feels like less lonely 
because I definitely felt really alone as a fangirl and didn't Mm. really like I remember like I was saying here in America when I didn't really have any girlfriends to talk to I didn't see any girlfriends on track and it was like a really lonely space and now it's like I know that when I go to a race even if I'm going by myself I'm going to be able to see people there that I know and have a lot of fun and that's just it 10 times better because what is sports and fandom without the community of people around you that's so special 100% agree it's like a little girlhood that we've got going on (laughs) yes it it really is it's like this is peak galentine's day like celebration 100% (laughs) I mean there's just so many I really do feel so lucky to be surrounded by such amazing women who are way smarter cooler like all of the errs more than me. Like I no. like surrounding myself by people that are smarter than me, that are cooler than me. Like they're engineers. They're such badasses. Mm. And that makes me so excited that they can be in my circle and I can learn from them and be inspired by them. And I really am like all the time. They're just the absolute best. Killing it. Love that. So you've yeah. recently, you've been invited to quite a few races now and you were recently invited to Mexico with Andretti for the Formula E. As a content creator at these kind of races, what is expected of you? So I was uh, not invited by Andretti. I was actually invited by Formula E, the series as a whole. Um, But I was invited by Andretti to watch qualifying in the garage, which Uh, is just the coolest experience because you you can put the headset on. And while Formula E, they don't really have too much talking back and forth. Whereas like in IndyCar or Formula mm-hmm. One, for example, you'll you'll hear a little bit more. Um, but in terms of what is expected of you, there's definitely a lot that happens yeah. behind okay. the scenes um, that can feel really um, overwhelming if you're not prepared for it. But I yeah. have a lot of Capricorn placements in my chart. So I like to be very <laughs> diligent and very yeah. prepared. Um, And there's a lot of, let's say, Zooms, a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails back and forth in terms of preparation. And there's a lot that happens not on the creator side, but for me, let's say with Formula E in terms of relaying things with the teams and getting a lot of things approved ahead of time. Right. So it's not like I can just go off the cuff and like ask. (laughs) um Jake Dennis questions yeah to like say welcome back to Thirsty Thursday you know there's a lot of approvals and things um that need to happen and their time is super super precious so Mm -hmm. on media day for example um after going back and forth back and forth for a lot of weeks um I was able to get like a a list of different times that I would be speaking with people and stuff that was pre-approved for me to film and for things to do and then once you get all that content and you are editing it yourself. You're like the director, producer, editor. (laughs) Every hat. You wear every hat as a content creator. And then of course that has to get approved by the series and the teams and the drivers. So there's a lot of things that happened on happen on the back end as a content creator to make sure that you're not only, you know, making your audience happy with the content that you're putting out there, but you're making the teams, the drivers, the series happy as well. And so you're kind of balancing that when you go to races and you're lucky for me, I've been so lucky to, to do something like that, especially in Mexico city, but there's a lot that goes into it um, that people may not expect. So it can be pretty stressful during a race weekend. Like it's not just 
taking pretty pictures and yeah. enjoying it. <laughs> I wish that it was, that would be so cool. Um, and you do get to enjoy it a million percent, but there's a lot of stuff that, that, that is going on in the background, um, that you need to be prepared for because you need to treat it like for me, I want to treat it like a job and, and treat oh. it like a professional and, and combat it and try and be someone who's really easy to work with and flexible, mm -hmm. um, and hardworking and make everyone happy, which, honestly feels impossible sometimes to make everyone <laughs> it's the happy. ultimate goal it's the ultimate goal yes yes it is so highlights for you what was your experience sort of like let's compare spectator versus creator at a race how does that differ being a spectator I mean not to say that it's not stressful because I think if you've ever been in GA in the past few years at a Formula One race like that is stress well, like yeah. you have to get there early, you're waiting in lines. Um, and of course you're excited to be there, but like, even for example, if you've gone to a country, a foreign country and you're by yourself, I remember when I mm. went to Barcelona by myself in 2022, like that, it's just an overwhelming experience yeah. to, to navigate a new country and a racetrack and a lot of crowds and, and different things going on, but you really you are driving the car, so to speak. So yeah. you get to, you know, where your tickets are, you can pick what you want to eat or drink, you know, you can pick who you're talking to, who you're going with, things like that. And you really are driving the car on your experience for that weekend, for better or for worse. Going as a content creator, um, you're not all, you, most of the time you're not driving the car. There's someone else driving it for you uh, yeah. and you just have to be really flexible um, as to where you're going or what you're doing or who you're talking to. Um, and if you're working with a brand, sometimes that means that you don't get to do all the things that you want to do. But sometimes you also get to do really cool, amazing yeah. experiences that, um, you know, otherwise you would be paying a lot of money for oh, as, a, yeah. as a normal spectator. So I think there's positives and negatives to both. But I have to say like, the the experiences that I've been able to do as a content creator, I pinch myself, and I mean, yeah. I like I've cried on racetracks <laughs> in the past two years, way more like for out of sheer joy, like and yeah, happiness and and disbelief that I'm able to do the things that I've been able to do, like just to to watch qualifying from an Andretti garage yeah. is absolutely insane, or um, to watch. Pato, you know, pit right in front of me at mm. IndyCar is, is absolutely wild or to go on a hot lap. Like experiences like those are truly once in a lifetime awesome. opportunities that I will never take for granted and will cherish for the rest of my life. Um, but it does come with a lot of expectation and a lot of pressure mm -hmm. um, from other people and then internally as well, because you want to do a good job and you want to be able to give the people who made it possible for you, i.e. your followers, mm -hmm. you know, you, at least for me, I want to do a good job for them and make them feel like they're there with me and hopefully inspire them to create content um, and get them, get their own experiences and their own yeah. vision boards coming to life. So I, I hope that that's inspiring for people. And it's just truly unreal, the things that I've gotten the opportunity to do. I'm just even when I sit here, I'm like, I'm so grateful that I can't, yeah. can't even imagine, like, if you would have told me five years ago that I would have been able to do a hot lap, I would have looked at you like, 
what are you talking about? <laughs> like I cannot afford to do that. The fact that yeah. I did is is insane. And I'm just so happy and so grateful. And that just goes to show like the power of the internet for good yeah. is can really um is is very much possible in this space. And I hope that we only continue to see brands and teams and series being more open to working with content creators and different content creators from different places that look different, that talk differently, that have unique niches. I think they're all valuable in their own ways. And I hope that it, we just continue to see more and more opportunities because people are so creative and so funny and they already have a very engaged audience who loves yeah. motorsport. So I think the ROI for brands and teams um, and the series is, um, I think they're beginning to see that that is, is already there. So let's hold on to IndyCar Formula One, Formula E, NASCAR. Which is your favorite? I have to know. <laughs> this is like asking your favorite child. It's like, ah, uh, <laughs> because I like them all for such different reasons. So to me, they're so different. And especially watching it, but more than that, it being there on track, it's such mm -hmm. a unique experience. Like going to a Formula One race and going to an IndyCar race or Formula E race, they're just not the same. Um, yeah, of course. And, and and not in a bad way or a good way. They're just different and and fun and exciting. So I like them for for different reasons, honestly. Yeah. So I don't think that I could say one is my favorite. And I know people will will get mad at that answer. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I know people like got really upset with me for not knowing who my favorite driver was because I try and like spread um spread the love. Spread the love. Um more so but I really do like I, I I try and be someone who's like who celebrates all of them because I really think that there's such great components to each mm -hmm. of the different series and things that make them unique and so depending on what you're looking for and what your budget is I would say budget is yeah, a key thing these days <laughs> especially when it comes to Formula One because that just continues to skyrocket in, in price. So that's my least favorite thing about F1 is the <laughs> price. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just so many different reasons and things to look for. And especially as a fan, if you're going to buy tickets, there's, mm. um, and, and where you live in the world also is it's yeah. a matter of convenience too, because if you're living in Australia, it's, it's going to be far less easy for you to attend an IndyCar race in America yeah. than someone who's living in Indianapolis. Oh, of course. Yeah, definitely. So when you're going to races, obviously, you you know, you've got all your stuff packed. What is one essential that you cannot forget? Cell phone charger. I like you. Okay. I'm just like, I'm getting content and I, my phone battery will be <clears throat> dead by 10 a.m. So I would say that's probably, I would I don't know where I would be without my cell phone charger. A portable cell phone charger is literally has saved my life on so many occasions at races. And you want to awesome. be able to take, whether you're a fan or a content creator, you want to be able to take pictures and videos and document your experience as a really fun memory. Yeah. Um, obviously living in the moment is far more important than taking <laughs> videos of it <laughs> to clarify yeah. but the cell phone charger has been truly a game changer and sunscreen and staying hydrated <laughs> can't forget that have to have the water in there <laughs> yes so given that it's valentine's day that this episode's coming out i thought it'd be fun to do a little valentine's day edition of which driver would so i've got a few Ooh. 
questions, only like four or five. Um, I want you to tell me which driver would. So which driver would forget that it's Valentine's Day? I feel like Yuki Sonoda. I don't know why. That was the first thing that came to my head. I feel like. That's perfect. Yeah, he's just, and I say that with a lot of love in my heart. Like he is so iconic. His like interviews at the V part, the car launch were everything and more. But I just don't feel like Valentine's Day is something that he would be concerned about. It would be like yeah. national, like I think today's National Pancake Day. I believe that Yuki Sonoda would probably know that. Um, yeah over over valentine's day yeah definitely yeah we've done i've just had pancakes for my dinner so it's pancake oh. day here in the uk i don't know yeah. i didn't think i thought americans celebrated that is that not a thing i saw a video about it so i think that's why it was like top top of my On mind radar. <laughs> yes i hope the okay. pancakes were good though i love that like yeah it's amazing it's not a thing here in america but i think it should be National absolutely why not <laughs> Second one, which driver would go way over the top? Uh, Valtteri or Pierre? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Valtteri or Pierre. Definitely. They do not know how to not go over the top. Valtteri, so did we see his Instagram post with the jump rope? <laughs> that is so the, the epitome of over the top. And then on, on the same line, I mean, Pierre Gasly talking about his nickname. That on- was so, when I saw that. That was brilliant when he said that. It was just so unhinged. So peak Aquarius behavior, so unhinged. Um, and I think he's just, you know, good for him. I, I love it. Like the more that drivers are like able and willing to to do things, I'm just like looking at the Pierre thing behind me. Uh, <laughs> but I think those are two drivers that are willing to to go over the top in, in that sense. Yeah, definitely. So which driver would be the most likely to ask you last minute to be their Valentine? Oh, let's see. Last minute. Oh, I, I, this is a good way to answer that. I feel like Lewis Hamilton would last minute ask you to be your Valentine because if he knew that you didn't have a Valentine, I feel like he's so thoughtful. Yeah. And okay. Like he, he wants to make people feel like included. Um, and he is a water Venus. Like he's sentimental. I feel like he would la- ask last minute, not because he forgot, but because yeah. he wanted you to feel like you had a Valentine. I'm loving all of these astrology references. I have been wanting to get into astrology for the longest time and I just haven't committed enough time to it yet. I've got my chart. I've got CoStar. I've got the CoStar Ooh, app. Yeah. But, um, there that's... is a Formula One driver on CoStar. Is that? Do you know which one it is? I do, but I don't want to say to protect okay, protect his um, identity, get, like pri- privacy, <laughs> so to speak. But I mean, I am such an astrology girly, which I know makes people roll their eyes in the back. I of their love head. it, but I find it so fascinating and interesting. Yeah. So if you ever have any questions, I love to- talking about it. Okay, so which driver then is like the most stereotypical of their signs? Oh my god, I feel like they all are. Like when you look at their when you look at their birth charts, I feel like it makes so much sense. But I'm again, I'm like I I always say Delulu. So I'm mm-hmm. very Delulu. So I yeah. think that they they all are in their in their own ways. I will say Charles Leclerc as a fellow Aries moon, I I do believe that he is the epitome of an Aries moon. Okay. And I mean that in the best way possible. What are the general like characteristics around that then? Um, impulsive, 
okay. normally like you have a hard time hiding your facial expressions. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I think some of the times like you'll just hear little things that he says. I'm like, oh my gosh. And super, 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 super competitive. Aries moons do not like to lose. Right. And we know Charles Leclerc basically wins every single paddle game that he's ever played in his life, whether <laughs> or not he has in fact won it or not. And so I just, I think he's such a, a shining example of, of Aries moons. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm going to have to get into it more because I need to analyze these drivers as in depth as you do. <laughs> I'm sure they would like hate it entirely. Um, <laughs> they don't astrology, strike me as the astrology type. Not really, um, but hopefully that will change. We we never yeah. know. Finally, which drivers would spend Valentine's Day together? Um, I feel like Pierre and Yuki didn't they like go on a cute little date last year? That was really <laughs> yeah, cute. I think they or did. Pierre, Pierre, Pierre and Charles, Pierrels for sure. Mm. Um, Alex and George. That's, yes. that's giving valentines maybe like alex kind of making fun of george or something like that like a fun cute double date situation as love that. um yeah with uh lily and carmen who are absolutely stunning and gorgeous i love that like we're seeing all of the the wives and the girlfriends mm. kind of get their get their moment okay. especially in the super bowl we were really seeing the wives and girlfriends getting their moments and so i hope yeah. we see that in in motorsport as well because they have so much to offer just being besides being someone's partner in life yeah 100 percent, completely with you yeah. that so to round it up a little bit if you could go back and back to the start when you were first content creating and tell yourself something now knowing what you know what would you say that's a good question i would tell myself that what I think people will hate me for is what will attract my community the most. So to oh, lean wow. into whatever um, makes me, me and what, what is authentically true to me. And even though there's people that won't get it and won't like you, um, there will be people who do. And it feels really good when you are honestly authentically and truly yourself and you find people that love just that about you and I think that's the coolest thing about social media is if you're really uh brutally honest and brutally authentic um and totally yourself um to be able to find people who love just that and connect with you on that is the is one of the greatest things about social media is to be able to find like-minded people who enjoy the things you that you do like yeah. talking about astrology and cars going really fast and in weird shaped circles like what a <laughs> what a crazy world that we live in that we're able to connect with that all over the world on on such different topics i, I think yeah. it's so awesome well that was beautifully poor thank you so much <laughs> the inspirations just come through the screen at me <laughs> oh good <laughs> So to completely finish this episode, I have a playlist on Spotify called The Garage Radio, and I like to ask my guests their song of the week. So if you're jumping in the car with the girls right now, you're heading out on a great time, what song are you putting on the radio? Oh my gosh, I was just listening to it this morning. <laughs> have you heard the new Beyonce Texas Hold'em song? Beyonce in a country era. <laughs> yes, Beyonce in her Coda cowgirl era, Texas Hold'em. She like, yes, yes Queen B. I love like, it. Oh my God, we need that blaring at the Circuit of the Americas. It's so good. It's so catchy. And she is, I mean, she's a Virgo. Like the attention okay. to detail is there. Um, 
but I love that song. I was listening to it this morning on my morning walk. Like it's so like, it's so good. And she's just an example of a woman really leaning into like what makes her powerful mm -hmm. and um, unique and an individual, like who would have expected her yeah. to create this incredible country album. <laughs> Um, and it's so good. And I love that. Like she's just breaking boundaries and the more women that break boundaries in their own spaces yeah. are just creating more and more opportunities for more women. And I think that's, that's so powerful. And it just yeah. makes me so excited to see what the future is for fangirls, whether it's in sports or music or beauty or whatever the case may be. There's just so, so much power that we hold and the sky is the limit. 2024 the year of the woman yes <laughs> I love it <laughs> it's been an absolute joy to have you here I have enjoyed every second of this and I hope people listening have been inspired by you so thank you so much for joining and I'll hopefully see you soon thank you I hope we're on track soon together mm -hmm.